Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. From our Old Testament lesson this day. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thus far the text. Ninety-nine and one-sixth years, as Royce pointed out to us yesterday after the divine service. Almost a century. It's a good long time on this earth for anyone, isn't it? I think reaching such an age speaks volumes about the blessings the Lord provided that individual with both health and resilience. But it's still a whole lot shorter than eternity, isn't it? The final verse of our Old Testament lesson for today, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand was Gertrude's confirmation verse. In this text, God gives words of comfort and encouragement to His people. Even though they were facing defeat and conquest at the hands of their earthly enemies, the Lord wanted them to know that they would not be abandoned or forgotten or lost forever. He would be with them. In spite of what they might see and that they might experience, fright and discouragement were not to overcome them and to cause them to doubt the Lord's love and faithfulness. More importantly, the Lord wants you and me to know that by His promises, that although it might look and feel as if we are being overpowered and defeated by the temptations and the snares of the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh, the horrible consequences of sin will not overcome us. In spite of the weakness of our flesh and all of the symptoms of sin that our earthly bodies bear, aging, sickness, injury, infirmity, and finally death of that body, we will not be victims forever. The Lord will come to our rescue. Indeed, He already has in Christ Jesus. He is with us in word and sacrament. He strengthens us by the Holy Spirit. And He sustains us in our faith until His victory is made complete in us on the last day. Gertrude understood that. She believed that, and she clung to that throughout her life and even up to the very end. My visits with her over the last several months were often challenging, and I often didn't know what to expect. Some days she was very tired and disoriented. Other days very lucid and engaging. Yet even on the more difficult days, there was evidence of the Holy Spirit working and sustaining faith in Gertrude as she heard the Word of God, received the body and blood of her Savior for the forgiveness of her sins, and remembered the promises made to her in holy baptism. Among those promises are the words we heard today from Isaiah 41. The Old Testament is not all law. It is ripe with gospel, heavy laden with God's promises. 
as we reflect today on Gertrude's life and more importantly on the reality of what God has done and is still doing in her eternal life through these promises, I'd like for us to consider five key things that God has done for us as well. These things are spoken of in chapter 41 of Isaiah, specifically in verses 8 through 10. The first thing I'd like us to consider is the word chosen. The people of Israel were chosen because God chose Abraham, the grandfather of Israel, that is, Jacob, just like he had chosen Adam and Noah and so many more before him. They were the recipients of his promise to carry forth the bloodline that would one day provide the world with a Savior. It wasn't on account of anything special in Abraham. He was, in essence, just a nomad, a wandering Aramean, as the Bible describes him. God's promises, however, are not only for the chosen people of ancient times, that is, the biological offspring of Abraham. We who carry Abraham's spiritual heritage through belief in God's rescue from sin and death through Christ Jesus, through the seed of Abraham, we are the new Israel, the Christian church. We are inheritors of those promises too. We are chosen by God. We were chosen by God even before the earth's foundations were laid. Just as Jesus told His disciples, you did not choose Me, but I chose you, we are not the active party in this decision. Dead in our trespasses, we cannot animate ourselves or motivate ourselves to make a wise choice to become one of God's elect. There is nothing worthwhile, nothing meritorious in us that makes us deserving of this selection by God either. The only worthy chosen one is Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One. He too was chosen before the beginning of time to be the one incarnate of the Spirit and born of the Virgin, made man to suffer and to die on the cross. Gertrude was chosen, and so are we. The second thing I'd like for us to consider today is the word called. If God had only chosen us and not made that choosing known, we would still have the promises because they are the doing of God, not of us. But how sad and how discouraged we might be in this life if we did not know that these precious promises were ours. God doesn't hide His promises from us, though. We may not yet see Him in all of His glory, but we have been called and we have been chosen as well. We've had His promises revealed to us in the reading and the proclamation of His Holy Scriptures and in the work of the Holy Spirit to give us faith. As the Catechism teaches us, the Spirit has called us by the Gospel, enlightened us with His gift, sanctified and kept us in the true faith. God wants His promises known to us. And so He calls us through the preaching, the teaching, the reading, and the singing of His Word in His church. Gertrude was called, enlightened, and sanctified in that faith. And now she has been called home and gathered to God to be fully enlightened and to be perfectly sanctified forever. Third, consider how God has connected you. Just as Isaiah writes here, He will never cast you off. He bound Himself to you and He indelibly put His holy name upon you when He washed you in the waters of holy baptism. Not only that, 
He intends that you be connected and remain connected to His body of believers in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Not just here on this side of heaven, but with all true believers who have come before and with all true believers yet to come. There is no such thing as solo Christianity. We are bound together to God and to one another as members of the body. You have a personal faith, but it is not a private faith. You can only live out your faith attached to the one true vine, Jesus Christ, living with and supported by many other branches and leaves, imperfect though we may be. We shade, we protect, and we feed one another. Apart from the vine, you wither and you die. I'm so glad that Gertrude was able to come to worship until a very late stage of her life. But even when she couldn't, she remained connected to Christ's body by receiving her Lord's body and blood and fellowship with us and with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. She now enjoys that feast completely, perfectly, and continually in the presence of her Lord. Fourth, let us consider the word courage. We face many scary things in this life, don't we? Debt, hatred, stress, crime, illness, danger, injury, and so on, leading up to death. Apart from Christ and His church, we would face even scarier things in death. Eternal separation from God, continual suffering and torment, Satan's dominance in hell. Assured, though, that we have been chosen, called, and connected with God and the great crowd of believers and witnesses in the body of Christ, we have no reason to fear the eternal consequences that will befall the faithless. Having that promise, we can indeed fear not, for He is with us. We can truly be not dismayed, for He is our God. We are strengthened and we are helped to resist temptation, to trust His promises, and to withstand the strains and the stresses and the hurts of this life. We know that all of this will pass away, and we will receive everlasting joy at the moment of earthly death. Gertrude had such courage, even in the face of her suffering and her foreseeable death, because she had been blessed with faith and sustained in that faith by God. He worked through His church to provide her with the Word and the sacrament that conveyed His promises and the gift of faith to trust in those promises. During the last visit that I had with Gertrude in which she was able to interact with me, she was very alert and very lucid that day. Suffering though she was, there were several points during the liturgy where I could hear her whisper, yes, yes, I know. She was adding her courageous, spirit-led amen in response to the Lord's promises and gifts. Pray that you too will be encouraged and strengthened and helped to avoid fear and dismay as the challenges of life bear down upon you, pressing from every side and giving you no seeming escape. Have courage, such as Christ provides you courage. Four words. Chosen. Called connected, and courage. But ask the Lutheran question, what does this mean? Apart from a fifth word, Christ, being chosen, called, connected, and courageous is meaningless. If we are chosen and called by another, we might feel good. 
It might even make our lives easier. If we are connected to many other people, we might be happy and think that we are loved. But we have no idea of any real depth of love until we are connected to Him who separated Himself from the Father. Jesus felt God's angry wrath against our sin while affixed to the coarse wood of the cross, pierced and bloody. We are not really connected until our lives are joined with heaven and earth into the mystical union of Christ and His bride. The righteous right hand by which God strengthens, helps, and upholds you is none other than His own dear Son, the baby of Bethlehem, the carpenter of Nazareth, the prophet of Galilee, the healer of Judea, the crucified of Calvary, the risen and ascended Lord of heaven and earth. In the unfathomable and incomprehensible power and love of God, unbound by time and space, He has already taken Gertrude by the hand and led her before His throne. There she dwells forever in perfect joy, awaiting the time where we shall all be united as one in the presence of the Father and the Lamb. As I was leaving Gertrude's room on that last visit in which we were able to communicate, she kept saying over and over, thank you, thank you, thank you. She greatly appreciated that God's gifts had been brought to her once again. Yet we too can give unceasing thanks that her faithful witness strengthened our own faith, that she has gone to be with the Lord, that we have this time together to be reminded of God's infinite saving gifts to Gertrude and to us. You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He came from the right hand of God to be crucified and raised for your salvation. He ascended and sits on the throne as the Father's righteous right hand to uphold you as well. In Jesus' holy name, amen.